One of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible is chapter 4 of St. John. And when I say that, probably some of you people will know where I'm going with this. And I'd like to start a new series on encountering, encountering Jesus. And if you'll notice my introduction, I work hard on the introduction. Read it with me. If you're not going to read it with me, act like you're reading it so it'll make me feel good. The Gospels record some fascinating stories of Jesus' interaction with people. Each encounter reveals something about the nature of Christ, enabling the reader to more deeply understand his mission as well as his revelation of God. Jesus seemed to relish his conversations with all of these from a despised tax collector, Zacchaeus, to a respected Pharisee, Nicodemus, to the thief on the cross. We learn how Jesus explains who he is and what his mission is. And through these or their encounters with Jesus, people's lives, listen to this, were changed forever. I love this statement. No one ever encounters him and leaves that encounter in the same condition that they began it. When people encounter Jesus when he was on this earth or whether you encounter him now, and I'll tell you later on how you can encounter Jesus Christ. They were either glad, sad, or mad. So as we are talking about Jesus today, and he's just as real today as he was when he walked the shores of Galilee. As we talk about Jesus today, I hope it makes you glad. And I hope you'll respond in a good way. Encountering with Jesus examines, and this is a series, the lives of gospel characters who are transformed after being in Jesus' presence. We will see what happens when a Samaritan woman has an encounter with Jesus Christ. I began this study and I looked at people, whether it's the thief on the cross, whether it's Mary Magdalene, whether it's Nathaniel or Peter or Paul or whoever it was that encountered Jesus Christ, you learned something about not only Jesus, but God and the character of, of Jesus Christ. Interesting. It's just a very, very interesting study. And when you look at chapter 4 of St. John, it is amazing. Now, I've preached on this many times. And it's amazing how you can read the same scripture and glean from that same scripture new ideas. New messages. It's just great. That's what's so great about the Bible. That's what's so great about the Scripture. You, 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 can't, you can't preach it all. And over and over again, God can speak to you. I want to tell you five things this morning about this woman's encounter with Jesus. First of all, it was an encounter with Jesus will not often be what we expected. Listen at me. 
when we have an encounter with Jesus, it will not often be what we expected. So he came to a city, reading from John 4, beginning with verse 9, of Samaria, which is called Sakar near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weird from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. It was 12 o'clock. It gets extremely hot in that area. And so at 12 o'clock, it's, it's, it's very hot, as he sits down the rest. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? You see, Samaritans were half Jews and half Gentiles. They were Jews that had married many, many, many years ago some Assyrians and Gentile people. And so the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans, vice versa. The Samaritans had no dealing with the Jews. How is it? She said. She couldn't understand it. For Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. First of all, when we encounter Jesus Christ we will not often be what we expect. It was an unexpected time. It was 12 o'clock. And people did not come. Now Jacob's well was very deep and it was hewn out of solid rock. It had been there for many, many years and many people came out to this particular well to draw water. It was refreshing and they would carry these big containers, and they would take the water back to the house. And she comes out when no one else will come out. Why did she do that? She did that because she was not the nicest woman in town. And she did that so she would not be around other people. She wanted to be by herself. She'd been married five times, and the person she was living with was not her husband. And so she was looked down upon by her neighbors and the people of the town. They knew her. They knew what kind of life and lifestyle she lived. So it was an unexpected time. She would go out at the hottest time of the day to get water because she did not want to be around anyone. It was an unexpected time. It was an unexpected person. Jesus is sitting there at the well. She comes up and he said, give me a drink of water. She was stunned. Not only was he a Jew, he was a man. And men, strange especially men, did not speak to women. It was a tradition. And so when he spoke to her, she was surprised. Not only was it an unexpected time, it was an unexpected per uh, it was an unexpected person, and also an unexpected con conversation. How in the in fact, when the disciples came back, the Bible says the disciples had gone to town to McDonald's to get some quarter pounders. I, no, that's not what he said. He said he'd gone to town to get some food. All the disciples, and he was there by himself. 
It says when they came back and he, they saw him talking to this woman, they were extremely surprised. Unexpected time, unexpected person, and an unexpected conversation. 35 years ago about, Philip came to our church. It's back when we had church on Sunday night. And many times back then on Main Street, that's where the church was, we would have more people on Sunday night than we had on Sunday morning. It was called the evangelistic service. Philip came to our church that night heavily intoxicated. And the reason Philip came to church that night is because Philip was a hunter. And he had a beagle dog. And the beagle dog was sick. And he heard down at this church at 2722 East Main Street that these people would pray for you and you would get healed. So Philip came on Sunday night for his beagle dog to get healed. And he came intoxicated. Well, the power of God moved in that place in such a powerful way, it sobered him up. He got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and God healed the beagle dog. True story. True story. Unexpected. He came for the healing of his dog, and he gets saved. And we called him Petty King. Because he would take his tie, throw it over his shoulder, and he just, he loved God so much, he would come into church just like this, and he'd be there, and, and he just clapped all the time, and we called him Patty Cake. Carol, my wife, was saved at five years old. Just five years old. Did she know what she was doing? Yeah. Well, her dad was preaching one night, and back then, way back then, over 50 years ago, you didn't get out of church at 12 o'clock on Sunday. You didn't get out of church at 8 and 9 o'clock at night. You were there to 10, 11, 12 o'clock. And people would pray and sing and shout and preach, and then they would... Seek the Lord. They'd get in the altar and cry. If, 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 if you went to the altar and the sisters got around you, you better get what you went there for. You'd be there for a while. because They wouldn't let you get up. Well, this particular night, Carol was nine, they were in the prayer room praying for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, she was walking around she walks outside, and Howard Smith is sitting in the car. Howard is waiting for his wife, Frances. She's in the prayer room, and she's not about to come out. But he's angry, and he tells Carol, Would you please go in there and get my wife and tell her I'm ready to go home? So Carol says yes. She's polite. She goes in to the church and goes back into this room where the sisters and people are praying for folks to, and they were receiving, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit right and left. Well, she goes in there to tell Francis that Howard's in the car and wants her to come home. Well, they grabbed her and started praying for her, and she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Unexpected. Aren't you glad that God knows how to mess up our plans? Well, for us that go way back, we know that Howard got saved and 
served this church faithfully for many years, served on the board, and, and God just really, really, really blessed him. Mount Bethel down the street is a Presbyterian church. Well, this is Bethel Christian Center, a Pentecostal church. There is slightly a difference in the worship styles of Mount Bethel and Bethel Christian Center. We get their packages, they get our packages. They get us mixed up all the time. You got Mount Bethel, Bethel Christian, right here on the same street, stones throw from each other. So it's easy to get mixed up. Once in a while, we have people to come in this church on Sunday morning that they think they're at Mount Bethel. And I can, you can spot them. You can, you just, and, and we would love for them to stay, but when the music starts, their eyes get about this big. And you can, you can, you can watch them. They're going to gather their pocketbooks. They're going to gather their things, their Bibles, and notebooks that they brought. And, 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 and the chance they get, they're going to get up and get out of here. It's such a shock. I mean, it's, they come looking for something and they find something unexpectedly. And when you meet Jesus Christ, oh, an encounter with this man, it's unexpected. Something happens. He sets you free. He places sadness with gladness. He puts joy and peace you say, preacher, you believe all that stuff? Mm-hmm. I know it because he's alive today. And just as sure as the Samaritan woman unexpectedly received from the Lord, you can receive from him, expecting, believing, having faith to receive from Jesus Christ. Not only is an encounter with Jesus not often what we expected, but an encounter with Jesus addresses questions we didn't know we needed. Read with me from chapter 4, verses 10 through 15. Jesus answered, and she's asking him, why are you speaking to me? Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. Isn't that wonderful? I hope all of us know here the gift of God. If you knew the gift of God and who it is and who and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. I told you the well of Jacob is very deep. And he, she's looking, said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him becoming him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Look at number two. An encounter with Jesus addresses questions we didn't know we needed. Now you walked in today. There may be questions you don't even think, you don't even know to ask. 
Look at question number one. She was focused on the literal water, not the living water. How about us this morning? Are we focused on the carnal things? Are we focused on the natural things? I like the way this song is, this way, this, the, preaching this way, and, and everything this way. There. Listen, may we, when we come in the house of the Lord or have an encounter with Jesus, focus on the living water, the spiritual things that certainly God wants us to receive. Question number two, she doesn't know to look for it or hope for it. She didn't realize, know anything about it. And there have been a lot of people that's received from God. They didn't know anything. They didn't know anything about it. But God Almighty knows how to convict of sin. He knows how to deal with our hearts and deal with our lives. And he'll surprise us sometimes. Let me say it again. Question number two. She doesn't know to look for it or to hope for it. Maybe we're coming this visit because... Of so-and-so. Maybe it's a special day. Or maybe we want to come and see so-and-so. Or maybe we would just want to go to church. But are we expecting? Did we come this morning expecting, believing, having faith that we're going to receive that living water? There's nothing like it. And it's flowing just as much today as it was back then when Jesus spoke of it. Look at number three. Even though it seems she doesn't completely understand what he's talking about, she now is the one that's asking for a drink. Give me a drink. Father, give us a drink. Number three, an encounter with Jesus reveals the gross parts of us. Look at verse 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Notice, notice what we say here. Jesus revealed to her the sin, the gross sin, her lifestyle, which was contrary to God in a loving way. You know, Jesus could have said to this woman because he knew, you know, you're living in adultery or committing adultery. You're living ungodly. You're with a person not even married to him. You're an unholy woman. He didn't do any of those things. He didn't embarrass her. He did not come down on her because of her uh, sinful lifestyle. He simply says, go call your husband. Now that's not threatening. He didn't threaten her. He didn't condemn her. He loved her. And I believe when you and I take an opportunity to witness to the world, we need to come with the same approach, lovingly, tenderly, Kindly. I mean, going to a parade, a parade where people don't live right or live like the Bible says and they have a different lifestyle and carrying signs and saying, you're going to die and go to hell. I don't, I don't think that's going to convince too many people. But when you see a lot of people that are hurting and you're able to put your arm around them and tell them, hey, 
Not only does Jesus love you, I love you. There's a lot of hurting people today. And they don't need you in my condemnation. They don't need us to look down on them. I'm not saying compromise. I'm simply saying that Jesus looked at this woman and said, Go call your husband. Revealing sin in a lovely way. Sometimes we don't want to have our sins pointed out to us. But, but it's got to be. If we're living a sinful life, if we know we're saying things, doing things that's contrary, even our conscience tells us, even the Word of God tells us. And a lot of times we don't want, we don't want anybody to say anything about it. Leave me alone. Well, the only way to get rid of it is to, is to deal with it and let the Spirit of God, let the love of God, let the convicting power of God, let that reveal to you and me where we'll stray. God knows how to do that. Amen? Christ doesn't point out our sin without so being there to help us. Not only does he reveal to us where we're wrong and we're living in sin, but he's there to reach a helping hand. And not only to help us, but to change our lives. You said, Pastor, I don't know if I could change or not. There's not a person here today that if you're living a life that, that certainly that's contrary to God's word and contrary to, to the, the spirit that God puts in you to convict, God always gives strength and power to live that holy life. I would encourage you this morning to read. Listen to me. I would encourage you this morning to read Romans chapter 8. Listen to me. Romans chapter 8. It talks about how the Spirit of God gives us strength and power. Christ doesn't point our sin out without being there to help us, to help us to overcome and to be victorious. Now, look at number four. Look at it with me. An encounter with Jesus gets to the true heart of the issue. There was something that bothered this Samaritan woman. There was something down deep that she was struggling with. And look at it. Look at it with me. Look at verse 20. Our fathers, now here she goes. Follow this closely because it's very important. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. It's Gerizim. Listen. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. It was bothering her. Are we worshiping in the right place? Are we doing the right thing? You see, when the Samaritans and the Jewish people separated, Jerusalem was the holy city for Judea and Israel and the Jewish people. Gerizim was the mountain that was sacred for the Samaritans. And they went there three times a year. Listen at me. Three times a year, they would make a pilgrimage to the mountain Gerizim. And that's where they would worship. 
Can you imagine her going to that mountain year after year, three times a year, wondering, am I worshiping right? Are you wondering, is this the right church? Is this the right synagogue? Is this the right place? Is this the right way? What is right? What, what does God want me to... Notice Jesus' answer. He said to her, Woman, believe me, <laughs> the hour is coming when you will neither own this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And the reason he said that is because Jesus Christ of Nazareth was born a Jew and salvation came from the Jewish people. Aren't you glad for the Jews? Don't you appreciate God's people? And that's what he's saying. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is. Can you say now is? Say it. Now is. Right now. Pastor appreciation Sunday morning. Right now. Now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Do you worship from your heart? Is it something we just do because we do it out of habit? Is it something that we do because we just... And listen, do we feel like worshiping God all the time? No. But I'll tell you what we should do. We should do what the Bible says. And we sung about this morning, I lift my hands and I worship Jesus Christ. I'll sing a new song. We sung a new song this morning. I'll sing a new song unto the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to worship in spirit and in truth. In fact, God is spirit, verse 24. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Listen, the woman said to him, I know. Now she knew something about the Messiah coming. She had been taught. She had studied the Old Testament. She knew something about Jesus Christ's coming. I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to search for him. You don't think, well, I've got to go to the Presbyterian church. I've got to go to the Catholic church. I've got to go to that Pentecostal church. I've got to go where they're running 5,000 in church. I've got to go to a small church where they have 30. I've got to go here. I've got to go there. Let me tell you, you can find Jesus Christ wherever your heart reaches out and touches him. And he'll touch your life. In fact, I believe there's someone here that got saved in an old what was the model of that car, Brother Mars? What was the model of that car? You think if you'd been in a Ford, you'd got saved? 
got saved in the backseat of a 36 Chevrolet. Because you can get saved anywhere. Where you find out, Lord, I need you. I know you're him. I know Muhammad is not he. I know Buddha is not he. But I want to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Because I know he is Lord. He is Savior. He is Lord. Play it for me, Sister Judy. He is Lord. Follow me. I'm not finished yet. Follow me real quick and I'll hurry up and finish. He got to the heart. He reveals to her the location of worship is not as important as the attitude of worship. Amen? And then the last one, an encounter with Jesus sends us out to tell others. If I had time between verse 27 and 42, the disciples came back while Jesus was talking with the Samaritan woman. And they said, what are you doing talking to her? And she takes off and leaves her water pot. She came for water, but she didn't leave with that natural water. She left with that living water. Hallelujah. She went running down through the village. She went running down through the town. And she told them, the Bible says, she told all the men, come see a man that's told me all the things that I've done. It's the Christ. And the Bible says they believed her. But then the whole village, the whole town, went out to Jacob's well. And when Jesus began to teach, I love what the Bible says, they believed her for her testimony. They believed him for his words. They believed even more. Because he was the Lord. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. You say, Pastor, you're talking about an encounter? An encounter? You can encounter Jesus Christ through prayer. Private prayer. Collective prayer. We do hear what is called the ACTS acronym when it comes to prayer. A, you start out your prayer with Adoration. Isn't that a good way to start out a prayer? See, and then you confess. Confess your sins. Like Daniel confessed the sins of Israel when he was in Babylon. T, you give thanksgiving. Aren't you thankful? No matter what you're going through. No matter the sickness, no matter the trial. No matter the test, you can always say, thank you, Father. A, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and then S, supplication. You want to have an encounter with Jesus, go through the acronym one, one time when you're praying. Go through it slowly. Go through it meditatively. Just go through it and pray that prayer. And you'll have an encounter with Jesus Christ. We can, we can encounter certainly Jesus Christ through our praying. We can encounter him through worship. Last night, the praise team began to sing. 
and we had an encounter with Jesus. You can have an encounter with worship. You say, well, I've got to go to church to worship. I've got to have the piano, the organ, the keyboard, the, the music singing, the singers, whatever. No, just ride down the highway with your head. No, don't close your eyes. You look where you're going. You say, Brother Nunn, everybody knows that. Well, I used to go to church when I was a little kid. I was 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I'd ride. It was just sisters. And we always went with a carload. Carload little ladies. And they'd get to praying and singing and shouting. And all of them would close their eyes. Including the driver. Scare me to death. You say, what happened, Brother Nunn? I'm standing here today. Paul Painter was riding down the highway and he got so happy and he just got to crying and praising God. He stopped at a stoplight and he looked over at this lady looking at him. She just stared at him. What in the world is he doing? He said, I'm praising God. You can have an encounter with God today. It's where you meet the condition. You can encounter God through prayer. You can certainly encounter God through worship. Let me tell you a great way to encounter God is through the sacraments. Every Friday night we take communion and there's nothing like it. Let me tell you what, if you haven't taken communion in a long time, meet us here next Friday night. If you haven't taken communion in a long time, we have communion here on Sunday morning. You want to encounter God? Take that bread in your hand. Begin to eat it. Know what sacrifice that God, Jesus, did for us. Take that little container of juice and drink it, representing the blood of Jesus. You can have an encounter with God. You say, I can't walk with them like the disciples did. I can't go fishing like they did. I can't ride a boat like they did. No, but you can take the sacraments. You can pray. You can certainly worship One more way you can encounter God. You can take your Bible, the message, King James, New King James, NIV, a good solid translation. Open it up. Turn off your cell phone. Turn off the television. Open it up. You say, Pastor, I read it and I get nothing out of it. Read it until something starts stirring in you. You can have an encounter with God. You see, nobody, Jesus is not a neutral person. You either like him, love him, or hate him, or dislike him. The Pharisees hated him. The unbelievers hated him. In fact, the Pharisees hated him so much, they went out and planned and how they could kill him. One more story, and I'll shut up. One more story. Peter and John, they went up to pray in the temple. And when they went to pray, it was, it was a time of prayer. A time when they, people usually gathered in the temple to pray. Well, there was a lame man that they brought every day. And the Bible says they brought him and set him at the gate called Beautiful. And he sat there, 
begging. He'd hold out his container as people would come by. And some would maybe drop. He, he was asking for alms, which could have been even food, but mostly of it was for money. Well, when he saw Peter and John, listen to me, when he saw Peter and John, he held out his cup. And Peter said something that was so inviting. Peter said, look on us. <laughs> look on us. And the Bible says he looked on them expecting to receive. Oh, these, these two guys, they, they're going to give me money. This man needed to understand they were Pentecostal preachers. And Peter said, I'd see if go have I none. That wouldn't fit for a lot of these preachers that want a million dollars to... I'll hush. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have given to thee. But when he said that, the Bible says that the lame man looked on him, expected. Now, if you go to a church service, or you go before God, or you pray or whatever, and you don't expect to receive anything, you're not going to receive much from God. You need to go in faith. In fact, I, I, I have written here. Where did I put it? Jesus makes it clear that we must believe, we must honor God, and we must ask not only in faith, but we must ask with expectation. This woman went running down through the town and her enthusiasm. Have you ever had such an encounter with Jesus that you were so excited? I remember, I remember when I got saved at nine years old in Butler Hill in Sampson County in Clinton, North Carolina. I knelt down. I was so excited. I left that church. I went to Pine Ridge, <coughs> Pine Ridge Service Station. My granddaddy owned a country grocery store. It was two stores. There he, he sold groceries and out in the country. I'll never forget it when I was nine years old. I ran up those steps to go upstairs to tell Grandmama, Grandmama, I've received Jesus Christ. Grandmama, I haven't, I've had an encounter with Jesus and it changed me. That's many years ago. It's just as real today as it was when I was nine years old. This woman was so excited. She was so enthused. And she got the whole time. I believe when we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, we're going to touch our neighbors. We're going to touch our friends. We're going to touch our relatives in a very positive way. He is Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I believe there's someone here this morning. You, you came here maybe expecting one thing, but you received something else. God's touched your heart. God's touched your heartstrings, and something's changed or changing in you. We're going to sing that song again. If you're here today, and you want to have an encounter with the Lord, maybe you've never had, but maybe you've had, and your relationship with Him has become cold and indifferent. Maybe to a certain extent you've backslid. Or maybe you still love God, but you just like to have a greater or 
another encounter with him. I want to ask you to come, everyone that will. I want to ask you to come to this altar and believe God and pray with us. Would you do it? Step out in the aisle. Come and stand with us. He is Lord. Come on. Let's everyone come and pray. Let's have that encounter with Jesus. Father, as we have gathered here, not only around this altar, but in our, in our pews, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that we can have an encounter with you today. Not yesterday, not in just in biblical times, but today. Let there not be one man, one woman, one young person in this place this morning that will go through this Sabbath day and not have an encounter with you. Oh God, change their life. Change it for the good. Lord, as we bow our heads, close our eyes and reverently look to you today, I thank you for that life changing experience for that life changing encounter with Jesus Christ